So I don't know about you guys, but I hate an awkward conversation. Like, you know, when you're just talking to someone and like, and I don't know why, but these people always find me. Like, there's just these people that just come up to me and like, it's, it's normally older people and I just have no idea what to say to them. Like, I hate small talk. Do you guys, you guys know what small talk is? Just like, how's the weather? What's going on with the Mets and stuff? And it's so funny that I'm talking about this right now because my, my friends came over to me before, Nicole and Brittany, and we were kind of talking and Tabby was with us and we were just like all hanging out and that conversation got to that awkward point where like no one knows what to say and we're all just like looking at each other like, yep. Yeah. And I was like, I hate small talk. I'm so bad at this. And th- there's this one guy that comes to our church, and he comes up to me almost every week. And, and he's just such a nice kid. He's, he's got a huge smile on his face all the time. But he always comes up to me, and we never know what to say to each other. Like, it's, it's bad when two people like that come up to each other. But he makes a point to come up to me every week and, like, have, like, a full-on conversation with me. And he always asks me the same question, and the answer is always the same. So I've kind of developed this method of how I do, like, to get away from a conversation like this, because I'm just so awkward in moments like this. I, there's just that silence. Isn't that just the worst. Like, I'd rather someone smash me in the face with a baseball bat than just stand there in that awkwardness, just like staring at each other like that. And, uh, and so he comes up to me and he says the normal thing. And so now what I do is I just laugh really hard for a second. And I say, see you later next week, man. And um, what I didn't realize is the week before this, um, he had begun telling me a story and I kind of cut him off. And so he wanted to continue it this last week. And so he starts telling me it, but what I didn't realize is that it's a really serious story. And so he kind of told me that he didn't get, you know, something bad happened in his life. I was like, ha see you next week, man. And I just felt so terrible as I was walking away, but there was no way I was going back. Like, because I knew eventually the conversation was going to get to that point again where it was going to be bad. So I prayed for him in my head as I was walking out the door. But man, I, I just hate that awkwardness sometimes. I'm sure some of you guys have experienced that before. But have you ever felt like that sometimes when you're trying to pray to God and, you know, you try and get into his presence. You say, all right, now, you know, this is going to be the year, 2015 is the year that I pray to God. But, you know, you try and it, it just feels awkward. It feels like it's not working. You, you almost feel like you don't know what to say sometimes. Well, tonight I really want to help you guys see a way that you can really pray. And really, I'm praying for so many of you guys this whole week that this would be a new season in your life where you could really have a rich prayer time with God and you could see that relationship really grow because there's so many benefits for that and through that. Um, you, you know, I think one of the hardest things for me sometimes that frustrates me is, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like sometimes when I'm praying to God, it just feels, feels like it's just bouncing off the walls, right? It just feels like I'm just praying in my room and, and it's just going nowhere. And that can be such a frustrating feeling that so many of us experience. And, and I feel bad for my wife because she experiences that a lot. I, I have to admit this. I'm the kind of person that was, people will talk to me sometimes and I will not hear what you are saying at all. Like the words are coming out, but I'm really not listening at all to anything you're saying. And it's really not because I don't like you or I'm mad at you, but the wheels in my head are always spinning. Is anyone like this? Do we have any, any overthinkers in the room? Like they just never, oh, we got a whole bunch. Like they are just always turning in my head and I'm always thinking about something. And it just so happens that someone tries to talk to me while that happens. And you know, I'm bad at it, but someone that's really bad at this and it's, and it's so funny is Andrew's grandma is, is really bad. Like, and Andrew like has told me about this before. And then I finally experienced it once he was talking to her and he's like, dude, watch this. I'm going to say the most ridiculous things ever to her. And she's just going to nod her head and say yes to whatever I say. And, and so like, you guys are going to think I'm exaggerating with what I'm about to say, but this is complete 100% truth. Like uh, this wasn't exactly what he said, but it was on like this line of being ridiculous. She was telling him some story and she's talking and he just tried to like sneak in a couple words. And he was like, yeah, 
I was just recently in Africa riding a tiger, combing my sister's hair. And, uh, and she just looks at him and said, oh, yeah, that, that's great. That's awesome. And I was like, she really doesn't listen to a word that comes out of his mouth. And he does stuff like that to her all the time. And I think it's so funny. She just doesn't hear anything. And, and I think, guys, sometimes... Doesn't it feel like that with God? Like, you know, you're pouring your heart out to God. You're telling him what's going on. And it just feels like it's just bouncing around a little bit. Like it's not really going anywhere. Tonight, I really hope to answer that question for some of you guys in the room tonight too. Are they just bouncing around or is there something to it? Is, is God hearing, hearing our prayers tonight? Because here's the truth. If we want to see a better year in 2015 for some of you guys. Some of you guys are believing for some really great things this year. You're fighting for some awesome things. Some of you guys are, are hoping to do better in school this year. Some of you guys are hoping that God will heal some relationships in your life. You're praying to him about your future. And, and these are all really big things that you guys are believing for. But you gotta be praying for these things because prayer is our greatest catalyst for change in our life. If you wanna see things change, then you gotta start praying and fighting for those things in your life. And I want to tell you this, no matter how you feel tonight, prayer changes things. It's just truth. We see it over and over again in the Bible. And part of the reason why I'm saying this, and you know, Joe, you're putting so much stock in prayer tonight. You're making us put all of our hopes in this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What makes you think that this is so powerful? Well, I know it because Jesus spent so much of his time in prayer. He was always spending time with God. He would get away from his disciples all the time and get away from people because he knew that if he was going to keep doing what God had called him to do, that he was going to have to spend time with God. And, you know, the crazy part about all that, when I kind of think about that, is that he was God. And so he was praying, like, almost to himself in, the, like, the whole Trinity way. But that just even shows how important it is to be with it. Like, here's Jesus. He, he knows God. He's fully God and fully man, but he still chooses to spend that time with God. And we're going to see why I think some of the reasons why Jesus did that. Because prayer does a lot of things for us. It changes our circumstances and it also changes us. Just going into God's presence and really seeking him in those ways. So prayer is so powerful, guys. And if you want this year to be different, then you really need to be praying and asking God to bring those um, great changes in your life that you want. And, you know, I just feel like we don't even realize it, that we have the God of the universe, who has created everything that we see at our fingertips. At a moment's call, that all we have to do is call out to him, and he'll hear your cry. Like, like, have you stopped and thought about that for a second? How powerful it is that God is always open to our cries whenever we're willing to look to him. And, you know, a lot of us, I think, have confused prayer in our life. And that's okay, because God still works it all together for the good. But, you know, I think a lot of us, think prayer is worrying at God. We would kind of go to God and we start telling him about all the concerns and all the worries that we have in our life and, and we just kind of throw these at him. But we're not really praying to him in those moments, guys. We're just worrying at God and telling him about our worries instead of telling our worries about our big God who wants to change and make a difference in our life. Prayer is not worrying at God. And we're going to see what real prayer looks like in just a couple moments when we jump in the book of Matthew. But the guys, I just want to, and those of you that have been doing that, that's not real prayer. And that's something that you need to change in your heart. If, if you constantly feel like the same way that you're going into prayer is the same way that you leave, then you're doing something wrong in there. Because it should be transforming your hearts. And even if you're not getting the answer that maybe that you're fighting for right away, at most prayer will always change you. 
It will always do something inside of you and always should be working something deeper that God is producing. And for some of you guys, it's just request time. Some of you guys just bring God your request all the time. That's the only reason when you walk into God's presence is because you need him to do something in your life. And what I want to tell you tonight is if that's where you're at tonight, that is not a horrible place to be in at all. And by the end of the message, I'm going to show you why that's not such a horrible thing. Because God is so sovereign and he's above all these things and he's working all these things out in our life. So if those, if those of you guys just feel like, man, Joe, I'm just so discouraged. Whenever I hear someone talk about prayer, I just think about my own life and, and I'm never really praying. The only time I come to God is when I want something from him. That's okay if that's where you're at tonight. And, and I'm gonna explain a little bit later and I know I'm kind of leaving you hanging a little bit with that, but I'm gonna explain to you in a little bit why that's okay. And luckily for us tonight that Jesus actually gave us an example, an outline of how we should pray. And I think so many Christians miss this. Uh, and I think that free prayer is awesome and it's powerful. And, and in no way am I saying at any point as we break down these scriptures tonight, guys, that if you've been praying in a certain way, that the way you're praying is wrong. There, there is no wrong way really to pray to God. If you're going to him and, and you're talking to him, then, then that's a good thing. You don't have to do it exactly how the Lord's Prayer is set up. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. You don't have to do it exactly like that. But I think Jesus gave it to us as an outline to see how real prayer works and how it should flow. And it's so important that we see that. And so let's just go right into Matthew um, chapter 6, verse 5. This is what it says. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full, in full attention, seekers. And so Jesus starts off, and I'm sure you guys know a person like this. It's that kid in school that always needs to show off. It always needs to be the one that's telling everyone else what's going on. It's that really bold person that needs to show off in front of everyone. And, and that's what he's saying. They, 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 there are these people that are just going out on the street corners, and they want everyone to be impressed by how holy they are and how everything they have to say is so important and it's going to move God. And you know what? As I first read this verse oh, a couple of years ago, I was really digging through this and it really convicted me. And here's what I just felt like God say to me. And, and, and this is how you know if you're this person. If you care more about what people think about what you're saying in prayer than what God thinks about you're praying, then you know that you are this person. Let me just say that. If you care more about what people think about what you're saying than what God thinks about what you're saying, then you are this person. Because you're just doing it just to impress other people. You're just standing there. And, and, and God sees that. He notices that. And I've been that person before, sitting in a prayer room, and I just want to impress everyone in there with my big words and all the scripture that I know. And, and God is just saying, look, look, I, I see what some of you are doing. You're just doing this to make yourself seem so holy and cool, but you're not getting anywhere with those prayers. And so I've been that person before, and, and I'm so glad that God has showed me that. And, and if that's you th tonight, th th that's okay. God sees that, and he's going to work that out in your life, and you just need to change that. You need to care more about what God thinks about those prayers than what anyone else does. And I think sometimes, even for the reverse of this, some of us are scared to pray because we care too much what people think when it's really all about God. Prayer comes down to that. It doesn't matter who's in the room. You are praying to your heavenly father and that is the only one that really 
matters. And, and, and that's okay. If the words aren't coming out great, that's okay. God sees the heart. He looks much deeper than that. Let's go to verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I think that corporate prayer is great. I love it. I will never, ever bash that. I think that God has given us that, and it's an important part of the church that God wants to see things change through and happen in the church through corporate prayer. But man, there's something in me that really loves this kind of prayer. When there's no one else in the room, when it's just you and God. And, And this is what God really wants to be the most persistent part of prayer in your life. It's those times when you walk into your room and you close that door and it's just you and him. Because when you do that, it doesn't matter all of a sudden the words that are coming out of your mouth. It, it doesn't matter about impressing anyone else. It's, it's, it's just you and him. It's those intimate moments. Um, like, I, I don't know, like, you guys know this, like, when you really know someone in your household, they can be different when they're at home than when they're out in public. And, and I think sometimes as Christians, I think we, we put on this facade, like, we got it all together, like, we're good but that facade fades real quick when you're in your prayer room and you're praying about things that God only knows about and things that only you know about and you're getting on your knees and you're really crying out. It, it breaks that disguise in us. And this is what prayer, that, this kind of prayer really does. It reveals who we really are, not who we pretend to be. And it just releases this new intimacy in your relationship with God like you've never felt before. When you're just willing just to cry out and, you know, maybe you're stuttering, maybe you're tripping over your words, but that's okay. Because that's where real relationship is birth. And that's how you get to really know God. And God really gets to know you. Like, you guys will experience this one day, but, but when you are married, you really get to know that person. Because now it's just you and them. It's, it's not who you are in public when you're hanging out with all your friends. Like, you really find out who that person is. Like, man, my, my wife really needs to love me. She probably found that out right away once we got behind closed doors. Like, because she saw me with my hair sticking up first thing in the morning and my white beater playing Call of Duty with chocolate milk all over my shirt, man. You know what I mean? Like, she saw really who I am. She saw past the, the cool facade Joey in his cardigan with his nice watch on and his game going on. And she sees me in my mess. And she still loves me anyway. And you know what? The, that, that brings a closeness in our relationship. Because there's no games between us anymore. We know who we are. And there's just this new depth in your relationship because of that. And that's how it gets between you and God. When you're willing just to close that door and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. This is just the real me. And in those times, I believe those are some of the most rich times of prayer is when it's just you and God. When all the games are gone and it's just you and him. Let's go to this next verse. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I want to say this right away. Um, If you pray for a long time, that is not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, oh, because you pray for so long that God doesn't like that and he feels like you're babbling. No. You guys know like those people in your life that just like to hear their own voice when they talk and so they just talk and talk and talk and talk. Like that's what Jesus is saying here. It's people that are trying to say so much to convince God by how much they're saying that he should listen to them. He's, he's saying, look, look, God knows what you need. You know what you need. 
Get to the heart matter of it and pray that. Don't try and cover it up with a million other words. Just get right to the matter of what's going on because God knows what's really going on here. Go to the next verse. And this is really where the prayer starts. And then this is what I really want you guys to catch tonight. This is so important. Um, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And I, I just love how Jesus starts this. He starts the whole prayer by doing something that the people back then would, to- would totally be uncomfortable with doing. Like, now, if we go even some years past where they are presently in this story, like, you couldn't utter the name of God. Like, that was forbidden. You, you couldn't speak his name out loud. And so now Jesus is kind of taking something that has gone from being completely untalkable, like back then, to something that people, they, they talk about God a little bit more openly now in the time that he's living in. But now he's doing it in a way that they wouldn't even dream of saying it. He's saying, that when you go into prayer, you say, our Father, our Father. And I think that's so imp- important for us to know. When we first walk into God's presence, that we're his children. You know, when, when you're talking to your dad, you, you know he's got your back. He's, he, you know he's got you covered. You don't talk to him how you would talk to anyone else. You know that he loves you unconditionally and he cares about you. And so for a second, Jesus says, all right, step out. It's not just God up in the heaven, but God wants to have this intimate relationship where you can call him father. Or even another word that Jesus says that, that we can speak and, and, and Paul says is that we can call him Abba, which literally means daddy. Daddy, we can call God that as we begin our prayers. That when we first enter into prayer, know that whose presence we're going into. A God that cares about us and loves us so much. Um, I think it's so funny. I, I don't know why I notice this all the time, but I think it's so funny when little kids think that they're grabbing their dad's leg and they're grabbing a stranger's leg. Have you guys ever seen that before? I think that's the funniest thing because they just look at a hairy leg and they automatically assume that it's their dad. And so they just kind of run over and they cling to it. And I just, and then they look up and they realize like, oh man, this is not my dad right now. Why am I holding onto this hairy man's leg? And just that look of terror that they get. And normally they start crying right away. And I think some of us are like that. We, we, we kind of go into prayer and we're clinging on to something. We think God is just something that he's not. We think that maybe he's mad at us or he's angry at us. But no, God is your dad. And he cares about you so much. And that was so controversial for Jesus to say it like this. But he wanted you to know that as you walk into his presence, that you can have boldness. Because this is your dad that cares about you. And really this verse is going to be important to explaining a lot of the other verses we're going to look at. The next one is hollow be your name. What that means is, the word hallowed means just to give honor. And guys, a, a great way before we dump our list on God is just to stop for a second, to know that we're first off walking into God's presence, but take a step back before we start unloading our requests and just thank God for a second for all that he has done in the past, all that he's currently doing, for all the other times that he's worked it out in your life, all the things that you've prayed about, and just stopping and recognizing who he is for a moment. Like, yes, he is our dad, but I just think that it's so important sometimes that we give him the praise that he deserves as we enter into prayer. Before we just start going, God this, God that, God, you need to do this, you need to do this. And just take a step back and be like, God, you're awesome. God, you're good despite my circumstances today. You're holy 
that everyone bows to you. Just, just simple things like that. Recognizing who God is for a moment is just so important because that will give you comfort in some ways as you do that. When you remember who God is and how he has authority over all things, as you give him that praise, it starts to change your heart a little bit as you enter into prayer. And so now you know that he's your, your dad and not only is he your dad, but he's over all things, that he's got all things in his hands today. And as you give him the, that praise, it makes all these other things really start to come together. We're going to see that more as we get to these next couple of verses. The next part is this. Your kingdom come. And so that's kind of confusing. What does that mean? And the simplest way I can just tell it to you guys is this. It's just that God would establish his power on earth. That he would just be at work on earth in, in, in the church in your life, that his kingdom would come more in your heart, that he would be working in it in the lives of others and other churches. And, and just overall, that God, you would just be working in this hard, cruel world that we live in, that you would bring your kingdom more into our presence. And so that's a really important thing that I'm sure many of us miss out on sometimes. We start just praying, God, just be at work in this world, in this dark place that we live in. This next verse is important. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we kind of get this now, right? And so this, we haven't even gotten to the point yet. You're probably saying, Joey, when's the time when I start to tell God all the things that I need him to do? And I think Jesus puts this before that part on purpose. He says, all right, one of the things that we need to do in prayer is we need to submit to God's will in our life with whatever he's working, with whatever he's doing. And this why, this, guys, this is why that first verse is so important. It's so important. Let me just read this to you real quick. I want to make sure that I get it right. Um, Unless we are profoundly certain that God is our father or daddy, we will never be able to say, thy will be done. Because what happens when you say, thy will be done? We're taking it out of our hands and we're saying, God, I don't get why all this is happening today. I don't understand it. Some of these things are hard. Some of these things are messed up, but you're my dad. You care about me. Later in, in scripture, it says that if our earthly fathers know how to give us good gifts, how much better does our heavenly father give us? If you're looking for bread, he's not gonna give you a snake, Jesus later says. Like, this is God that cares about you. This is your dad. And you can put your will in his hands and say, no, God, I'm going to surrender mine and give it to you today. No matter what's going on in your life in that moment, no matter what's happening, dad, you got this. And I don't want you to think that you, because of this part of the scripture, that you still don't pray for things because there's an amazing representation of this. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's crying out, Jesus, he's praying to God, please take this cup from me but let your will be done at the same time. And so there's this dynamic that happens that we see through Jesus's prayer life that it's okay to say, God, can you do something about this? But ultimately at the end, please let your will be done. And there's something really cool that this theologian John Owen said, and I think can help us because this can be such a confusing topic of God, well, what's your will and how should I pray and how should this all work? I read this and this really brought some some real clarity and relief to me. He said this, God hears our cries in our imperfect state and still moves on them. 
to the glory of his will and still moves on them to the glory of his will. So if you're sitting there going, God, please change this. God, this is so hard. God, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. But ultimately, let your will be done. Because you prayed for that beginning thing, isn't gonna neglect his will in your life. Ultimately, if you're submitting to him, it's gonna happen. It's gonna work out. God's gonna unfold these things. And it's gonna be for your good. You can rest in that, that your dad has got these things. God hears our imperfect prayers and, and, and it's just such a relief that he knows what's best for us and he gives it to us. Anyway, let's go to this next part. Give us today our daily bread. All right, here we go. Here's with the spot that we're at now, the spot that so many of us just jump right to, the request time. And for the people in, in this time, this was a big deal where bread was like, something they weren't sure that they always were going to have. And that's why Jesus says that, because that was a big need for them then. You can bring your needs before God. Don't at any part in this message feel like I was ever saying that you can. God wants you to cast your cares upon him because he cares for each and every single one of you so much. And he wants to be working on these things in your life. And so that is such an important part of prayer, fighting for the things that you want to see change in your life. And God wants to work on those things. He's your dad who cares about you so much. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Guys, repenting needs to be a huge part of our prayer life. There will be people who tell you that you don't need to, but there's something that God works. And everything that you've ever done and ever will do is covered by Jesus' blood today if you are in Christ. But there's something that happens that, that God works out in our hearts. It leads normally when we are willing to go to him and repent. God say, God, I messed up in this way. It's not for condemnation. It's so that you can bring that issue before God. And you say, God, I'm sorry for this. Now let's deal with this in my life. It's, you don't, it's not just so that you can get this, that if you don't repent, then you won't be forgiven. That's not how, how it necessarily works at all, guys. I, I don't want you to think that. But there is a change that happens. And there's so many people I hear now saying that you don't need to repent, you don't need to repent, you don't need to repent. It's already done for once you came to Christ. No, but it is a huge part of the Christian walk. Jesus wouldn't have put it in here if it wasn't a big part of something that God wanted us to do. It's something that we constantly need to be doing. And I think a big part of it is for the second part. It's so that we can forgive other people. We remember how much we've been forgiven and then that helps us forgive other people in our lives. So repenting is a huge, should be a huge part of our prayer lives. And then this is just the last part right here. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're, you guys know that. We're, we're faced with temptations all day long, every day. The enemy is constantly bringing stuff against us to try and bring us down. And Jesus says, you can cry out. Cry out that, that you wouldn't fall into that, that, that you would be strong through these temptations in your life. So many of us don't even realize that we can pray, that God, you know, I'm starting with my day right now, and I know the enemy is going to come after me. I know that today is going to be a hard day. Can you give me strength that I wouldn't sin today? I want to look to you instead of my sin. That, that's what, essentially what Jesus is saying here. And, and Martin Luther takes it a little bit deeper. He says this, Luther writes that this petition is directed also against specific evils, um, against the, um, that would come from the devil's kingdom, poverty, dishonor, death in any sort. So we, we can pray against these evils in the world too, and that's actually part of this second part of it, that we can be fighting for these things in our lives, guys. And so I want you to know that this is an outline tonight. 
And I think it's a really powerful outline that we should all start praying through and working through in our lives. And, and if you guys, if you're a journaler, then, then you journal. If that, that's how you pray to God, then that is a great way to pray. Some of you guys just talk to God differently throughout your whole day. That's great. But I think it would be really powerful if we took Jesus on his word. That he didn't just tell us this just for like no reason. He told us this because this is a powerful formula to prayer. And are there going to be times when you just need to cry out and fall on your hands and your knees and God and just cry out to God and say, save me from the mess I'm right in? You don't got time to go through all these things that we talked about tonight? Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying that this is the only way to pray and this is the only way to approach God. But I just believe that there's just so much power in doing it this way. And I don't want you guys to be discouraged. And I know sometimes we can think about, you know, this is our prayer life. And I think we can beat ourselves up for up because of it, you know, we, we prayed three times this last week, but once this week, and, and, and we can really be hard on ourselves, but prayer isn't for God. Prayer's for us. It's, it's for us. It's, it's something that changes us. You, you know what I love about the Lord's prayers is we start off probably anxious before we go into prayer, but then as we remember that God is our dad and that he cares about us, God's working on our heart in that moment as we, we reflect on that, as we pray on that, as we remember all the praise and as we give him all the honor, we remember that, man, he's over everything, that he's got it under control. God is working in us during our prayer times. And it'll be really powerful and, and it can transform you in some real ways. And, and you know, it, it, you walk in one person and you'll leave a different person sometimes because that's how powerful prayer is, even if your prayer doesn't get answered. And just some thoughts about the Lord's Prayer real quick is, Praying the Lord's Prayer forces us to look for things, to thank and praise God in our dark times. And it presses us to repent and seek forgiveness during the times of, of prosperity and success. So in the dark times, it forces us to remember all the things that God has done for us. And in the good times, you know, in the good times when we don't feel like praying, where we're so easy to forget about God, it reminds us to repent and go to God and be close to Him, even in those times. And so, Here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you guys to get tonight. The Lord's Prayer is the ultimate outline for real life-changing prayer. Does this mean that all other prayers don't mean anything unless you do it this way? No, absolutely not. I really hope you guys got that tonight. Not at all. But I believe that there's a lot of prayer, a power in praying this way. I know I talked to you guys about, um, you know, some of us just come to God with our requests in the beginning and and I really think that this dynamic happens as we come to God with our request. What starts as a request turns into a conversation, which becomes a relationship. What starts as something where we're just coming to God suddenly turns into a conversation with God. We're talking to him a little bit more because of those requests. And God's working the whole time. And eventually he turns that conversation into a relationship. And so if that's you in the first place tonight, that you just feel like that request is, keep going with that. Because God's going to work that out in your life. And, and so I just kind of want to tell you guys just a little bit real quick as we just close up tonight about my prayer life and, and, and how that looks for me. Um, my prayer life is, 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 is pretty f simple. I, I'm not a journaler. I'm not anything like that. What I do is every morning after my wife leaves for work, I, I get up and I just pace my 
um, my room in, in our living room, and I just, I just cry out to God, and usually just for 15 minutes. And I've lately, over these last couple of months, I've been really just praying the Lord's Prayer, just like using that outline. And, and, and for me, that, that is just so important. I felt my prayer times just get some new depth to them and just some just new closeness with God, and it's just been so awesome. And, and so that's for me. It's just I just pray those 15 minutes before I go to work, and just back and forth. And this morning, my dog was biting my toe as I was going up and down my room, but I just shook her off and I kept going. And, uh, and then for me, I come back at night. W- what I do is I just open up God's word for a little bit. I'll, I'll read it. I'll memorize it. I'll meditate on it. I read some, uh, I've been reading a book lately about God, and I just read that for a little bit. And then I just spend some time in, in bed just praying. And, and, and that's my prayer life. And I'm constantly praying throughout my day. Just little short prayers here and there. God, thank you so much for this blessing in my life today. God, this is what I'm going through right now. Can you be with me? God, I'm nervous about this. Can you help me with this? Just little prayers. And I'm just always connected. And that's my prayer life. And I don't want you to copy that in any way. I want you to find your prayer life. I want you to find what works for you. Because if you really want 2015 to be different, this is going to have to be a huge part of it. I want to see you guys. My prayer this whole week is that all of you would have thriving prayer lives. It doesn't have to be this thing where you stop for two hours every day and take this huge chunk out. No, it doesn't have to be like that in any way. This is obtainable. And now you know how to do it. You know how to do it. And it's not just bouncing off the walls because now you know that you're praying to your dad and that he hears it and he's working working it out in his timing and his will. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I pray, God, that you would really just begin to birth something new in a lot of people's life tonight, God. God, that you would just help them just to really begin to pray to you, Lord. And I pray, God, that as they just bring this little request to you, God, maybe throughout the week, that you would take that and you would turn it into a conversation, God, and then you would turn it into a relationship with them. And I pray, God, that you would just really let our prayer times be so powerful, God. I pray that 2015 would be a year, Lord, where we see a lot of answers to prayer, God. We know that you care about us so much, Lord, and that you love us, Lord. And I pray, God, that everyone would find that time in their weeks, God, no matter how distracted they are, no matter how busy they are, God, that they would really carve out that time if they really want things to be different, Lord. And you would show them how powerful it truly is, God. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.